on this this episode episode of JR the P. And don't try this at home. Please, I implore you. Um, The dirt, the baggage of your own personal life. When you share your little cobwebs and skeletons to the world, all they do is judge you. I mean, when you really think about it, they might call it brave. Oh, you're so brave for sharing. You're so um, open and, you know, you know, you're in a really good place. They share. They're open person. You know, they're, they're on a spiritual journey. Wow. I wish I could get that sort of um, enlightenment and peace and, um, you know, just a real groundedness in, in themselves. I really wish I could get that for myself then the second you do something that they don't like, that person's an alcoholic. What does that fucking drunk know anyway? Fucking anorexic? And that that fucking meth head doesn't know anything, you know? Well, go tell that fucking meth head I'm mad at him. That whore was sucking everybody's dick, you know? Like, as soon as they're angry at you, that's when the judgments come. They creep out of the little woodwork, the little bed bugs. Like little vermin, like little pests, you know? Parasites, leeches, you know? They just come. Snakes, they come slithering out of their little holes, their little layers to judge you. I don't think you're brave. Come on, brave? Brave for telling the world that you have a fucking eating disorder? You're a fucking alcoholic, a meth head? You know, that you're a fucking um, porn addict, that you have an eating problem, you know, that you can't stop cutting yourself. Yeah, you're really brave for telling that to the world, you fucking mental patient. That fucking mental patient cuts himself. Yeah, did you hear about uh, so-and-so? Yeah, he cuts himself. Fucking wacko. I mean, what the fuck, what's going on there? All they do is judge you for it. It's not a good look. Because um, in line with some of the things that I've, I, I kind of learned and saw for myself and what I believe is that we live in a world of cynicism motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares, you know, more or less at the end of the day. And I'm such a deadbeat myself. Will things ever change? You know, you're Jonathan Ramcharan, you know, considerable fuck up, you know, fucking you know, alcoholic, you know, Um, deadbeat fucking nobody, coming from a fucked up family, you know, this, that, and the other, who the fuck are you to be anything, you know, low-level comic, low-level actor, low-level podcaster, nothing, nobody, zip, zipola, you got that fear on you, boy. What's happening, ladies and gents? It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent September 11th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Oh, hey, folks. How you doing? If you're new to the show... Jonathan Ramchand, the podcast, that is. This is a show where I gob, gab, squawk, and blab about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. I did it for you. All for you. Everything's for you. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, my own website, Janathan, pronounced Janathan, Janathan-Ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. You know, when you share J.R. the P, Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast, that is, when you share J.R. the P with your friends, your families, your co-workers, some hapless victim on the subway, you share me, you know, 
it, um, you know, proves that you care. I need some proof. I ain't just going to take your fucking word for it. Like, show me that you care. And then when you show that you care, I, in turn, hold in, hold up my end of the bargain and I reinvest and refocus and, you know, revamp, revitalize and refuckerate the show. Different segments, bits, enthusiasm, you know, energy, energy, energy. You know what I mean? Sharing is caring, folks. Yes. What I want to speak about today is um, things that weave in and out of a main topic of fear. See, they got to, I don't know if you're hearing this on the microphone, but they even had to ring church bells, you know, when you start talking about fear, you know, get a little spooky, you know. You know, devil's at work. But um, I want to speak about fear today. And um, I guess there's some avenues of tangents that I can go on on that topic. But, um, you know, fear played a very big part in my life the last couple days, you know, and in the past as well. But fear kind of crept up on me last couple days. Let me talk about it. So first of all, don't try this at home, kitties. This is not for the faint of heart. I am a stand-up comedian, extraordinaire, podcaster, actor, performer. And as a part of the duty of uh, maintaining such a uh, valor, you know, in, in maintaining the valor of a stand-up comic, podcaster, actor, you know. Part of the valor is, you know, I do let, let it out of the bag a little bit. Personal issues, little this, little that. They call it material. You know, you got to grab material for your act, for your podcasting, for your stand-up, for your... Um, characterizations, well, you got to get a little material and you draw it from your own life. So sometimes I divulge when I should, you know, deflect. Dropping the bits, spilling the tea, talking about my, you know, ragamuffin existence, you know. Not always the best thing to do. So don't try this at home, folks. Now, I know what they say in the news. I know what they say in self-help. I know what they say online, social media. You know, it takes a very brave person to share. You know? It takes a very... You know, I really respect a person who, you know, has the bravery to share. And I guess to a certain extent, I kind of believe that as well. But something that... I recently heard, this is not really an original thought, this is something I recently heard and that I agreed with. When you share, <clears throat> even though I talked about sharing is caring, <laughs> I'm not talking about, um, you know, positive recommendations. I'm talking about the skinny, the dirt, the baggage of your own personal life. When you share your little cobwebs and skeletons to the world, all they do is judge you. I mean, when you really think about it, they might call it brave. Oh, you're so brave for sharing. You're so um, open and, you know, you know, you're in a really good place. They share. They're an open person. You know, they're, a, they're on a spiritual journey. Wow. I wish I could get that sort of um, enlightenment and peace and, um, you know, just a real groundedness in their in themselves. I really wish I could get that for myself. Then the second you do something that they don't like, that person's an alcoholic. What does that fucking drunk know anyway? Fucking anorexic. And that that fucking meth head doesn't know anything, you know? Well, go tell that fucking meth head. Well, I'm mad at him. That whore was sucking everybody's dick, you know, like as soon as they're angry at you, 
That's when the judgments come. They creep out of the little woodwork, like little bed bugs, like little vermin, like little pests, you know? Parasites, leeches, you know? They just come. Snakes. They come slithering out of their little holes, their little layers, to judge you. I don't think you're brave. Come on. Brave? Brave for telling the world that you have a fucking eating disorder? You're a fucking alcoholic, a meth head, you know? That you're a fucking um, porn addict? That you have an eating problem, you know? That you can't stop cutting yourself. Yeah, you're really brave for telling that to the world, you fucking mental patient. That fucking mental patient cuts himself. Yeah, did you hear about uh, so-and-so? Yeah, he cuts himself. Fucking wacko. I mean, what the fuck, what's going on there? All they do is judge you for it. It's not a good look. Because um, in line with some of the things that I've, I, I kind of learned and saw for myself and what I believe is that we live in a world of cynicism motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares, you know? More or less at the end of the day. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. According to The Economist, Walter E. Williams... You know, private interest serves the general public. So it's like, you know, you got this farmer, his example. You got this farmer up at the crack of dawn. You know, he's milking pigs. He's porking chicken. You know, he's planting potatoes yanking potatoes out of the ground on his hands and knees in the dirt, pulling out carrots by the roots, you know? Breaking his balls, you know what I mean? What do you think he's up there milking pigs for at fucking 2 o'clock in the morning? Whenever the hell farmers get up. Well, why do you think he's doing that? Because he's altruistic? Because he cares about his fellow man? Because it's the right thing to do? So all the little kitties can have their juice boxes and, um, you know, lunches on their school field trip? No. A farmer gets up and busts his ass as a farmer so he can make that money. Self-interested. And in that self-interest, his work serves the general public. I mean, what am I doing here gabbing and gobbing and bitching and blobbing on a fucking podcast? For my own health? No. I want to provide entertainment, have a career doing something that I enjoy. And, you know, if people enjoy it, I mean, they enjoy it. But, I mean, there's also myself to consider, folks. I mean, come on. I want to be happy, too, you know. So, it's like, you see the point? So, private interest serves the general public, and it's not such a bad thing. We live in a world of cynicism, motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares, more or less, you know? And when you tell people your personal business, your dirt, your uh, skinny, when you spill the tea, they're just going to judge you for it, right? So that's just a little side tangent. So don't try this at fucking home, folks. Don't try this at home, folks. But what I'm speaking about today is fear. I recently went through some fear. You know, I was, I'm going to be very brave and share with you that I too get afraid. And then you can judge me and call me a pussy and a pansy and a loser and a downright dirtbag, you know, on your own free time or in the comments. But, um, you know, I recently experienced some fear. I'm going to be very brave and speak about it. So, um, yeah, I had some fear this week. It was really playing on me. And um, it's weird because um, the more I think about it, it's like there are different types of fear, right? Sometimes there's that physical fear. The fear that you're physically going to be harmed or you're physically in danger. 
And then there's fear like, um, you know, life situations. You're afraid to go after something. You're afraid of the future. You're afraid of the past, catching up with the future. You're afraid of the moment. You're afraid you're going to choke under pressure. You know, there's fear of the afterlife. There's um, many themes and, you know, obviously on fear. Many um, sources. And I guess what I was dealing with this week is like, you know, circumstantial or in the life lesson or the life trajectory. Fear of the future, you know. I'm making some changes, some very positive changes in my life. And, um, you know, um, you know, I can share the fact that I've been experiencing a little fear about it, but I don't really want to discuss what they are. I'm getting a sex change. And, um, you know, I'm getting this old dick lopped off and, uh, you know, finally I'll be free to be my real self. You know? Joanna Ramcharan. Pronounced Joanna. Joanna Ramcharan. No, I'm not. No, my penis is going to stay where it is for now anyways. But um, I'm making some life changes. And, um, you know, I don't have to get really into what they are, but I started to have fear. This fear that I hadn't really experienced in a while. It's kind of like when you're going after something different or you're trying something new or you're you're pushing through to another level and, you know, you're going for it and then you get that fear like, oh no, like, am I in over my head? Can I do it? Like, what are the consequences? What are the risks? Oh no, it felt so much simpler in my little box, you know, hot, hidden away in my little box, you know, just hidden in my little box and, you know, whatever. The world can just leave me alone. I was going through that and having that fear, having the fear of pushing through to a different level, having fear of the future, having fear of failure, being good enough. And it was, oh, it was insidious, you know, and it kind of spread through my body and my mental state. I went to the bank, um couple days ago and I was kind of still reeling from this fear that I've been feeling and um, you know I'm, I'm at the bank and you know come on man we're in the new world 2022 you know I know technology isn't everything and it's a real mind fuck and cluster fuck at times but I mean you have to be in your severe, I mean, you have to be like, I would, you would have to be 80 plus at this point. You would have to be 80 plus not to know how to really do online banking. There's really no reason to be in a bank unless you're, unless there's some major financial issue that goes beyond online banking. Unless you're online banking, unless you're like making deals and brokering mortgages and you're a solicitor general and you're doing all this fucking notarizing and whatever, like what the fuck do you need to be at a bank for? Just do it online, right? Am I, am I right? Am I wrong? Well, anyway, go to the bank. Oh, there's the life forms that were there. The life forms that were there, bro. Just like these life forms. Just One guy was just like, he smelled like shit and piss. And he had like a garbage bag tied to his back. So I didn't know if it was him that smelled like shit or piss. I'm just like looking at him like this guy. I'm standing behind some guy who's got like a garbage bag tied to his back. Reeking like shit and piss. And I couldn't, I couldn't quite tell if it was him or if it was the guy in front of him. This older gentleman looked like Tales from the Crypt Keeper. You know, with that scraggly skull and... You know, all skin and bones with that scraggly scalp and that whips, wispy gray hair. You know? Tales from the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> you know, it was like, 
fucking tales from the crypt keeper in front of me. It was like, and he was standing there with his mouth open. He's just like, the teller's like, sir, next in line, please. He's like staring off into space. I'm like, does he smell like shit and piss? Or is it this other guy that smells like shit and piss? I'm like, who shit and pissed himself, right? Trying to sniff it. Oh God, it was this disgusting display. Oh, the humanity. And then there was like this uh, family. It was like a matriarch and her two like, you know, adult sons or maybe it was her boyfriend. I don't know. It was like the whole family. It was like a mother, a boyfriend or a husband and two like 20 year old, like two, like 30. It was like a whole family of adults too. Like, you know, in, in the ranges of like 20 to 30 and 40s and 50s and just like a family. And they're all up at the counter at the same time and they're they look all crazy and they're kind of like peasants and they're fighting and arguing and banging and talking and uh, all, all this confusion about like a personal banking account i'm like whatever happened let's call it what it is insufficient funds i know what your problem is insufficient funds i'm like looking around at all these people it's just like insufficient funds I was there to get a certified check. Not like these other bozos. Insufficient funds. Broke. Dumbass. Don't even know. what. Come on, bro. What the fuck are you doing at a bank in 2022? Just go online. You're there because you have insufficient funds. Fucking low life, right? I'm judging these people. My fear is changing what I'm trying to work on. I'm trying to work on being a man that loves his neighbor as he loves himself. Isn't it true that at times I've been financially irresponsible and, you know, just backwards and in need of a little patience from others? Right? Isn't that true of myself? But there I am judging these people. Insufficient funds. Look at these people. And, you know... Another thing you laugh at is when people get mad at the bank and they're like, you know, uh, uh, they're, you know, they're pounding the table and uh, uh, those looks on their face. It's just like, it, it's not the bank's fault. It's not the bank's problem. What the problem is, is insufficient funds, right? I mean, call it, call it what it is. Call a spade a spade, folks. I mean, come on. It's insufficient funds. That's what you're mad at. I'm looking at these deadbeats, right? I'm like, but then that fear and that anger was playing on me, right? Anger, fear, aggression. These are turning me to the dark side. You know? Anger, fear, and aggression. Fear. It was just like playing on me. And it it came out in me as well. You know, I go up to the till. I'm doing something as simple as ordering a certified check. At least it was simple, seemingly simple. I hadn't really ordered a certified check in a while and it was all this confusion oh it's free oh no wait a minute it's a ten dollar fee and um you can post date it oh no you can't post date it oh this and that and i'm just like all this rigmarole all this confusion and it's like a commonplace fucking thing a post dated check people have to write checks and if it gets certified and the bank's holding the money i mean what's the difference between Certifying the, the check, holding the money, and post-dating the funds to a certain time. It's a check. Most people can post-date a check. Most people can date a check for whatever fucking day they want. So if you're getting a certified check, why can't it be a post-dated certified check? Oh, well, no. It's, um, well, you see, the thing is, um, only, um, uh, a notarizer or a notary republic or a, you know, a, a notarized republic, public of the state has the fucking wherewithal to notarize a check, not just an everyday peasant like yourself. You know, you have a checking account. You're not a notarizer. You're not a notary of the republic. No, you can't post-date a certified check. All this fucking mumbo-jumbo, right? Making my skin crawl, right? And there I was just like angry and, well, you know, and getting all hot under the collar and talking really terse and aggressive. I'm like, well, just get it done and hand me the thing. Okay, whatever, let's do this. Okay, whatever, fuck, just fucking do it. And like I wasn't yelling or anything, but I was like, 
and I wasn't swearing. I was just kind of terse and angry and perturbed and impatient. Impatient and angry. That's where the fear brought me. The fear brought me to an impatient, angry place. A place I'm not trying to be. It brought me to a judgmental place. A place I'm not trying to go. It was playing on me, boy. Anger, fear, aggression. These are tenements of the dark side. Always what can't be done with you. Oh. And I walked out of the bank. I'm like, wow. This fear has really been playing a game on me. I mean, here I am judging all these peasants at the bank for acting like peasants, all impatient and clustered and foggied and just, you know, they got that fog brain and, you know, they go up to the till and they're, it's like taking forever and it's just like, what kind of a moron doesn't know how to go into a bank, get a simple banking transaction done? You know what I mean? Insufficient funds. Look at these low lives. I'm just judging them. And then I walked up to the till, did the exact same thing. I was impatient with the with the uh, teller. The teller was very pleasant and accommodating to me. I was impatient towards him. I was rude. I was obnoxious. I was huffing and puffing. I was like a completely different person than I have been in a long time and that I want to be. That's where the fear brought me. It it had me so crippled that the future isn't going to work out the way I want it. The situation isn't going to work out the way that I want it. That it, it had me up against the wall and believing in lies and running away in my head with these negative conclusions and assumptions to things that even haven't happened yet. Fear can be a real bitch in your life, you know? So, you know, it was very interesting to me this week, thinking about that fear and you know, some people believe that fear is a sign of lack of faith, you know? And I agree with that. I haven't fully flushed it out and figured it out, but I think that's a one good conclusion or at least one good um i guess not a symptom but a uh, a cause one great cause of fear is a lack of faith you lack faith in the situation in yourself and um for those who believe i'm a believer it's a sh- it's a showing of a lack of faith in God because everything that brought that brought me to this situation you know I'm going through some life changes that are very positive and hopefully will you know if you can relate you know you 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 um you know you a new conquest a new horizon you go after a life challenge and it's a positive thing. It's something new. It's something to grow into. And that's what's going on with me. It's like I'm going into these new challenges and areas of my life. And I feel like I've been blessed with it. And instead of holding on to that blessed thing, instead of holding on to the blessing and enjoying it for what it is, I got this fear that's sweeping over me and causing me to judge myself. And judge my fellow man, you know. Oh, look at these low lives at the bank. And I'm such a deadbeat myself. Will things ever change? You know, you're Jonathan Ramcharan. 
you know, considerable fuck up, you know, fucking, you know, alcoholic, you know, um, deadbeat fucking nobody coming from a fucked up family, you know, this, that, and the other, who the fuck are you to be anything, you know, low level comic, low level actor, low level podcaster, nothing, nobody, zip, zipola. You got that fear on you, boy. Shows a lack of faith. Cause the cause to the flip side of all that, it's like the blessings. The blessings, man. Coming up on six years of sobriety. Coming up on six years of sobriety. Coming up on five years of podcasting. Stand-up comedy special came out this year. You know, looking legendary. Thank you very much. You know, I mean, I humbly say, you know, I, it's a fairly decent special. Check her out. Jonathan Ramcharan, suitable for no audiences. Yeah. And even in shooting that special, I've referenced how... I put the work in and showed up. But I believe God came through. And help me bring my talent forward and deliver on the project. I wasn't really in control. Um, I wasn't in control. I don't know. You know how it is. We all have gifts and talents. You know, I mean, why is one person seemingly more athletic than the other? I mean, there ain't really that much difference in body type, but they have a little spark in them that causes them to be a little bit more athletic and a little bit more dutiful to their health and regiment. Like, what makes one person a considerable athlete that can go out and make a living as an athlete versus another person that's, you know, seemingly seemingly similar, you know? I mean, take a look at a soccer player or like uh, even some basketball players, even some football players. There's the rare oddities that they don't look particularly anything, but for some reason they got that sparking them that talent that you know puts them ahead above others right so we all have these talents right we have our different talents so that's what god did for me on my comedy special and in my performing and in my podcasting i mean you know it's something that i enjoy doing and i think i'm fairly entertaining at you know i ain't the funniest fucking thing since sliced bread even though sliced bread is pretty funny, but like, you know, you know, I ain't got shit on sliced bread, but like, you know, certainly funnier than a fucking, I don't know, hot cross bun. Well, there we go again. Hot cross buns are pretty funny. I mean, they even have their own song. Hot cross buns, hot cross buns, one a penny, two a penny, hot cross buns. You know, I ain't funnier. I ain't the funniest thing since sliced bread. I'm not even funnier than a hot cross bun, but you know, I got a little gas in the tank. You know what I mean? And we all have these talents and gifts, and you know, it's a lack of faith when you have fear and you don't let it just be. You know, all this fear that swept over me this week, fear of going on to a next level and doing different things and all this fear was just like, well, the faith and the divine intervention, the tender mercies and tender blessings that brought me to this situation should be clue enough that I got the situation. It's all good, baby, baby, baby. Thank you, Jesus. really weird, isn't it? Makes you think. Quick sip of tea, boss. Don't mind me, boss. Oh, yeah. So what 
that also leads me to with the analysts of fear is it's like I'm also waking up to my real self. You know? And having the uh, strength to just live me. Do me. It's like the difference from being woke or awake. I mean, you know the difference, right? Woke is kind of like, you know, all these fucktards that are into, like, gender pronouns and fucking, you know, fucked up biology and, you know, they're overly sensitive and they're open-minded and, you know, everything is just loosey-goosey, whatever. And awake is like you're awake to life, reality, common sense, decency, responsibility, and accountability. You're awake. So I'm awake. I'm awakening. I'm awake to my real self. And I was holding on to a lot of fear. A lot of fear was keeping me, I don't know, asleep in a sense. Because as I've overcome things in the past, you know, one of the one of the things that, um, you know, like my interface with society, like when I go out and I live my life and I interact with people, part of the aggression and the fear was, you know, I got to a place where it's like I was really believing into the cynicism. We live in a world of cynicism motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares. So when I was in my drinking days... I would, you know, be very quick to, um, where, where I'd always been somewhat of a people person, a sociable guy. I like to talk. I like to be sociable. I like to meet new people. I mean, that's very much who I was for a lot of my life. And then the more I got into my drinking problems and the more I became more isolated and the more I became more cynical and I guess bitter, yeah. There was times of bitterness. It led me to just get me away from everything as quick as possible. You know, I just want to go to work, do my job, get off work, go home and drink. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want whatever, just anything, whatever, 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 whatever the fuck ever. I know what it is when I speak to a person. They either want my attention. They want something from me or they want me to, uh, they either want something from me or they want to um, insult me. You know, or they, they want to cut me down. Like, that's how I look at people. It's like someone's talking, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's 100% what they want to say. They want something out of me. Like, mistrustful. Impatient, mistrustful, and just non-interested in people. That's, that's where the drinking and the isolation had led me to a place of um, mistrust and um, disdain for my fellow man, if that's a word. I think it's a word, disdain. You know, just a mistrust and a impatience and a dislike for my fellow man. Now I'm awake. And I'm striving to live a life fearless fearless in life yeah and um, as I had mentioned um, you know don't try this at home folks you know I mentioned uh, you know Ain't nothing new. I had drinking problems. I had my problems with my family and whatever the hell. You know, like, um, you know, I would suggest not trying it at home. 
You know, don't go around saying that to people because they just judge you for it, right? And um, well, that's interesting as well because it's like, but I thought you wanted to be fearless. If you're going to be fearless, then who cares what people think of you? And da, 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 da. But it's like, I don't know. They can't help you anyways. You got to solve your own issues yourself, you know? Kingdom of heavens within. You got to be your own man or your own woman. So what, what what difference is it if somebody hears you or what? They can't help you. Only you can save you, right? I mean, you can learn from people and hear things and get ideas, but they can't do anything for you anyway. You got to do all the heavy lifting. So what's the point in blah, 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 blah about your problems and woes to people, right? They, they just judge you for it anyway. The only reason why I do it is because, like, you know, sometimes I make little jokes and bits about being a fuck-up or the problems I've had or whatever, or, you know, it's material for, you know, podcasting, stand-up comedy, performing. But if I was, if I had a, if I had goals and aspirations of, like, um, you know, you know, a good job in office, corporate, management stuff i had like you know aspirations of different types of jobs i'd zip zip the lip i mean you're just gonna get judged for it right um and um like for example what i'm about to say now they just get judged for it anyways but um you get Part of my fear, too, in life, I realized, was I have a deep-rooted feeling of unwantedness. My entire life, I felt, and I was treated, I believe so, as a unwanted my mother and father came together under whatever circumstances I was born. My father wasn't in the home. He left. I don't know what happened in that situation. But I know there's two sides to every story. And I know growing up, I had this unwantedness on me, you know, from my own uh, mother. She did the very best she could, but she had a lot of problems. She, from time to time, would unload on me the problems of her life, the things that she went through as a child. She, too, came from a very broken situation. So I guess it was almost like a family lineage, a family tradition, a feeling of unwantedness. I'm sure she went through the very same thing as well, my mother. So growing up, Right out the gate from my own mother and father, a feeling of unwantedness. And then we were poor and in a, in a situation where, you know, I mean, at times you'd be bothering people, like my mother would be bothering everybody in the neighborhood, like sending us kids. I remember she would send me to people's houses at like, I'd be like four or five years old. She'd send me over to the neighbor's house to knock on the door at like, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. And, you know, they open the door. Uh, what? What is it? What do you want? Uh, can my mom borrow a couple of cigarettes? Uh, what? Why is she always coming here? Why is that woman always coming here in the morning? Why is she sending her five-year-old son here like talking about me while I'm right there. Why are they sending this little kid here to the door at 5 o'clock in the morning and uh, waking up, you know, bitching about me. I'm just standing there. Can my mom borrow some cigarettes? Getting yelled at by, like, adults, you know? Five-year-old kid going around begging for cigarettes, begging for food. Can we borrow a can of beans? Oh, my God, doesn't the woman do grocery shopping? Yelling, bitching, like... We were like pests in the neighborhood. We we're always bothering different um, neighbors for groceries and stuff like that. I mean, you understand if you came up poor. This is the kind of the stuff that happens in poor neighborhoods, you know? I mean, I'm sure it happens in rich neighborhoods too, but it's just like, you know, I guess 
ego-tripping pricks throwing their weight around, you know? Can I borrow your uh, jet skis this weekend, Fred? Oh, that fucking Fred, you know? Why doesn't he go buy his own pair of... He fucking owns the fucking um, jet ski shop. Why doesn't he go buy his own fucking jet skis? Because Fred doesn't pay for anything. It's a part of his DNA. Making money. So I guess I guess parasites are in every neighborhood. But like, when you're poor, that's something that you know, man. People going around. Yo, can we borrow a cup of sugar? Can we borrow some bananas? Can you give me a? Can you lend me a twenty till next week? Can you lend me a twenty till uh, next payday? Like, always some fucking parasite bumbling around, bothering people. We were that people. We were that family in the neighborhood, just pestering people for shit all the time. Everybody would move out. You know, we didn't have a neighbor on one side. We didn't have a neighbor on the other side. You know, it was like a condominium complex, right? A townhome complex. So you know. All our neighbors would just eventually would just move away, right? They couldn't rent. They couldn't. We had. I think we wound up getting evicted. Not only did we not pay rent, and we're always struggling to pay the rent, we were like unwanted in the neighborhood because we were like pests, bothering people for money and food and this, that, and the other, just trying to survive. So I got this feeling of unwantedness coming from uh, my family. Got this feeling of unwantedness coming from just. My introduction to the world, society, I mean, people didn't particularly want us around, you know? And if your own, if your own, uh, parents don't want you, then who does want you? Pedophile. But like, aside from that, who would want some kid? I didn't want some random kid. Like, if your own parents don't want you, who does, right? So, you know... Then going to school, I mean, teachers, I was always in conflict, class clown, joking around, you know, independent spirit. I'm like, why are people telling me what to do all the time? What the fuck? A feeling of unwantedness. They, they painted me as this problem student and this, that, and the other, and I'm never going to be anything, and just wait till you grow up, and you're going to have to learn the hard way, this, that, and the other. They, they painted me as this villain because I didn't want to sit still and listen to some fucking idiot talk at me all fucking day. It's unnatural. Not only that, I was actually a fairly good student. I got, like, you know, high 80s and 90s in, like, English and social studies, and then math and science, I was pretty average, and even, I mean, I get like, you know, anywhere from 50 to 75% in like science and math. And to be honest, that's only because I never even tried. I, I come, I had a chaotic, chaotic fucking childhood, mixed up family situations going on, you know, always getting evicted. Mother with crazy boyfriends. I mean, unstable household. Like, am I going to really go home and do fucking homework? You know, it wasn't even until later in life that I realized, you know, I'm actually pretty interested in science. And um, I bet you math math wasn't particularly hard to me. It was just work. It didn't come natural to me. When I focused on math, it was like I could do it. But I, I never took the time to focus on it because it just had all this shit going on in my life when I was in school. And that feeling of unwantedness, unwantedness. Then I go into the workplace, you know, you get your first job as a teenager and you go out there and you're trying to make money and you just, this, I never felt wanted, just unwanted, unwanted, unwanted. It's always a problem with me. Coworkers always have something to say to me. Coworkers always buzzing up and saying something to me. And I'm like... Hey, Mac, I just want to do the job and go home. What the fuck is all this talk? Did he talk, talk, talk? So that feeling of unwantedness, that kind of gave birth to a lot of the fear as well. And again, don't try this at home, folks. Don't go telling people, I too felt unwanted. They're just going to judge you for it. That unwantedness, that feeling of unwantedness, and, um, you know, you go around and you tell people that, they just judge you for it. But it, it just, it really gives birth to the fear. And 
you know, what I notice is that it ain't nothing unique to me. It's something that everyone deals with. And that feeling of unwantedness too, and that feeling of fear that you get from the cold, callous, calculated nature of society. It's like we live in a world of cynicism, motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares, you know? And people are out for control. Control because they have fear. They have fear that they will reveal as being less than. They have fear of failure. They have fear of um, inadequacy. They have fear of... um, Success. Well, what if I did make it? Oh my God, could I handle it? They have fear as well. And how do a lot of people deal with their fear? By trying to control others. Yeah. I talk to you a certain way, and that's going to repel the fear and the inadequacy in me. I'm going to talk down to you. I'm going to command you and command your attention. I'm going to tell you what's what. I'm going to to be on you. That's going to save me from the fear. That's how a lot of people try to deal with their fears, by controlling others. You see that in society. I mean, look at this whole pandemic situation that we're coming out of. So much fear, so much control. So much people, so many people looking at their neighbor and, oh, what are they doing? What is everybody doing? And how does it affect me? Governments trying to control their people indefinitely. You know? Dark artists trying to use the situation, the pandemic, to gain more control politically, financially, you know? Whatever way. Fear. And fear, it just shows such an ingratitude, a lack of faith, and uh, an ugliness. Because then, like in the example I mentioned, you know, I was afraid. I was giving into these fearful thoughts, and it made me anxious and irritable and impatient. And then all of a sudden, I started judging my fellow man at the bank and being impatient and and rude to the bank teller it just it just turns you away from god and your fellow man makes you judgmental makes you ungrateful and it's just like it's a dead outlook because you know there's the moment and then there's also hope and gratitude and possibilities I think I should be like a motivational speaker or something. Maybe I have to hang up the hang up the podcasting uh, mic and uh, you know hang up the podcasting handkerchief. You know you have to dab yourself down every now and then, get a little sweaty. When them lights be on, you boy gets hot. You know, but I might have to you know get to be a motivational speaker. But then usually motivational speakers have usually accomplished something. <laughs> but, um, you know, I do well for myself and I'm very grateful. And in that control I spoke of, I just find it so interesting that, you know, people try to control you. And what they do is they, you know, they control you with... That's what I love about uh, spring and fall. You just can't get a fucking moment's peace do you hear that whenever the weather is somewhat decent there's always somebody doing something perfect weather for polishing the driveway gravel yeah blow drying the the fucking driveway gravel yeah had to do it always somebody fucking around with something but um you know it's kind of funny with these judgments it's like People create little games. Well, actually, I wrote it down here. You know, they... People are always trying to control you or the or a situation because they're afraid. Then they judge you by the rules they create for the games they create and impose on you to play. It's a bit of a mouthful. 
But, you know, it's like people are always trying to control you with situations because they're afraid. Then they judge you by the rules they create for the games that they create and and impose upon you. You ever have that? It's like you've just created a game and a whole set of rules that you're imposing on me. And now you're mad at me and you're barking orders at me and you're talking at me. But I didn't even agree to play the game. It's just in your own fucking mind. You know? That's how a lot of people are. Fortunately. And, um... (laughs) Makes you sick to your stomach at times. But, you know, going forward, what I want to do is be grateful... Be in the moment, be of faith, and happy and grateful and accepting of situations. And to not need anything from others. Not need others to consider me or to um, not need anything from anyone. It's all good. And judge not lest or yet thee be judged, however the saying goes, you know? Don't want to judge the fellow man because we're all the same, more or less, dealing with the same stresses and burdens and blunders and the whole messy wackadoo, you know? Anger, fear, aggression, these are tenements of the dark side. You know? It's a tricky one. Real doozy, folks. Yeah. So before I get out of here, quick housekeeping. Um, you know, if you're a new guest to J of the P, or if you're a returning guest to J of the P, if you know, if you don't know, if you may or may not know, or hell, maybe you surmised, you know, you maybe you figured it out. I am an actor extraordinaire. That's being the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. Um, as I mentioned, the fear that I've been dealing with this week, um, part of it as well is like, you know, my projects. I have, um, you know, various projects that I'm humble and grateful and excited to do. You know, I do for myself. Get up and, you know, do it for yourself. I have these projects lined up. And some of these changes that are coming up in my life had me fearful Had me fearful, oh, am I going to be able to do my projects? Am I going to be able to balance all this workload? And, um, eh, fiddlesticks, hogwash, all's well. You know what I mean? So going forward with these new projects, very happy, hopeful, and grateful and appreciative. And um, just staying the course. That's a major... um, must, a major must, M-U-S-T, a must majorly for the actor is to stay the course. You know, don't go gently into that dear night, dear thespian. Rage, rage against the dying of the day. Don't go gently into that dear night, sweet prince, thespian. You want to be an actor, you must feel it in the gut. You must feel it in the soul. Live, breathe, theater. <sighs> fucking rasp. I've got a fucking throg in my throat. <laughs> Raspy old throat of mine, but, um, you know, you got to stay the course as an actor. Through being a hack, through getting your stage legs, through getting a rep, through getting work, through getting notoriety, through crashing and burning and rebuilding yourself from the fucking ashes. The whole circular system and circumventing circle fuck, circle jerk, really. You gotta stay the course as an actor. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Bamcharan, actor extraordinaire. Yes, I am also a stand-up comedian, Extraordinaire. And, um, yes. Um, in line with the topic of fear, you know, um, we're in a very different, well, 
a lot of things have changed. You know, whether it be mumbo-jumbo, fictitious forgery, um, things have changed in this post-pandemic world. And I see that as a stand-up comic, certainly has. There's been a marriage of woke culture with fear-mongering, fake news and fake junk science. And, you know, it's been really kind of hard on some of us performers, you know? Not exactly easy getting out there and doing your thing when, you know, there's so many roadblocks and, you know. But to the flip side, so many opportunities online, do it yourself, and also just traditional projects. You never know. You never know when you're going to get that call. You never know when someone may take a liking to your work, see you somewhere doing something, give you a shout. So there's also the traditional opportunities as well for the performer, film, theater, um, and rather the stand-up comic as well, you know, um, club work, road gigs, whatever. There's always an opportunity. And what I'm doing uh, is I'm looking to what's the next move for me, and I want to crack back down on the writing, and I want to um, cultivate a comedic one-man show. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Comedic one-man show. There would be like, you know, a lot of traditional jokes in there, stand-up, punchline, timing, act-out, bits. But it would be in a little bit of a longer form in line with like a one-man show versus like a traditional stand-up comedy set. You know what I mean? There would be the fourth wall, so to speak. Because like, you know, you break the fourth wall a lot of times in comedy because people get it. You're a comic on a stage, you're talking. A lot of times you're talking, doing crowd work, you know. You break the fourth wall. That's an acting term. Break the fourth wall and, you know, you're kind of engaged with the audience. Whereas in a stage play or a film, there's the fourth wall. The wall being, I guess, the reality in front of you. The actor, the performer in a play or in a film is blocked off from that fourth wall. Everything exists within... At least I think it does. I don't know. It's not like I fucking learned this term or anything. It's just something you kind of... Oh, I noticed there's a fourth wall. You just kind of notice it as performing. Because, like, you know, you'd be on stage as an actor. Nobody generally speaks to you. Right? They they get it. They're like, oh, there's a fourth wall and they're doing a play and it's a different reality and we're just watching. Whereas in stand-up comedy, they're blabbering and talking at you and ordering drinks and ordering wings and shit. You know what I mean? But what I want to do is work on a one-man comedic show. One-man comedic show. Have, you know... Jokes in there, traditional jokes, set up punchline, have it very be, have it have a stand up comedy feel, but in a longer form and in a sort of a more confined, not, yeah, confined form. Like, um, less. Well, I don't really know yet. I don't know. I mean, the problem with when you engage with an audience, it opens up lines of dialogue that you maybe don't want to go down or channels of thought that you really don't want to go down. Sometimes you just want to stay tight, stay in the pocket, stay on point. So it's like, I don't want to be inviting all this crowd work. But then again, I want it to be loose enough where it's like the audience kind of knows that I'm available to them. You know what I mean? I'm in, I'm in the moment, I'm there, I'm with them, talking to them, with them, versus like, I guess, the fourth wall of a traditional stage play. Anyway, I'm fucking writing and trying to be funny, so that's what's up for me as a comedian lately. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Well, that about does it for another episode of J.R. the P. Certainly enjoyed speaking with y'all this afternoon or morning or whatever fucking time it is, morning still. 
And, um, you know, certainly got a lot off my chest speaking on fear. And I'm going to move forward with hope, gratitude, and um, optimism. And don't try this at home. Please, I implore you. Um, You're mainly judged for the things you say. Especially in this day and age when they want to dig up whatever tweet you did and hold hold you accountable to it to the end of time. Yet you're so brave for sharing. Isn't that funny? They want to send you to the gallows for some off-the-color comment you made 20 fucking years ago on... Well, maybe not 20 years ago, but, you know... I don't know, like 10 years ago that you made on Twitter. They want to send you to the gallows. Yet you're so brave for sharing. So, you know... Don't try this at home, folks. This is for a professional. I mean, I certainly couldn't be Jonathan Ramtram of Jonathan Ramtram the podcast if I wasn't willing to take up the duty of being Jonathan Ramtram of Jonathan Ramtram the podcast. That is. It's heavy. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. And this bitch is killing me, folks. I'm telling you. Soul crown of mine. Till next time, folks. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent September 11th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Yeah. Anger, fear, aggression. Yeah. Tenements of the dark side. Yo. Um... That's something that we can all relate to. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramtran.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight? Peace.